This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country. Odyssey.com as well as the Odyssey app. We got a special guest on the phone line. Joining us right now on the Roman guest line is Cody Decker, Odyssey MLB insider. Cody, how are you doing this evening, sir? Oh, I'm terrible. Thank you for asking. Oh, Why? Right. What's what's going on? Oh, it's just normal life, baby. It's just every day's terrible. I don't care. I'm loving it. Cody, this is the first time I've heard you what? say life was terrible. You you feel like life is good every time I Did I you say it's the sober life? Like what kind of life is it? <laughs> just a normal everyday every everyday life, guys. It's terrible. You live in it. San Diego, don't you? How bad could it be? Is that what you're asking? You know, you're not in San Diego? Somebody told me. No, that. I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, you're in, you're in LA. Where in LA? German Oaks, born and raised in Santa Monica, though. Oh, nice, nice. nice. Uh, Cody, is your day terrible because you're a former player turned analyst and you saw Tom Brady got 10 years, $375 million to do the job that we do? It's not the reason, but it's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody, can you, can, well, how about this? Can you help me? Can you help me understand what's going on with our Phillies, our Phillies and Mariners? Because the last time you tweeted me late at night that my Mariners ended up blowing that game, and then also my Phillies are – where's the hitting? Where, what's going on with the defense? Why are they still so bad defensively? Why are they bad defensively? At this point, I truly don't have an answer for you. It's, unex- and it's inexcusable that the Phillies simply are this allergic to leather at this point of their careers. I am blown away by it. It's like everyone is Pete and Cavillio all of a sudden. Only they're not hitting like Pete and Cavillia either. So the Phillies are just a dumpster fire, and they're in a division with the Mets, by the way, mm. who are not going to stop. It's an actual real Mets team. Yeah, it is. I, uh, I, let me ask you this first, because I've been wanting to ask you this for a few days now. So <clears throat> Mets end up getting rained out Saturday, and it was a Max Scherzer day, right? And he goes through... All of the, first and foremost, he's going through the whole pitching pregame process, whatever that looks like. First and foremost, I'd love you to give me some insight into what that process is. And the next day, he ends up pitching instead because the game was rained out. He ends up getting his first loss in like 24 starts. So I was just very curious why they wouldn't skip that start, given all that it takes to prepare for a start. And I want to know what it actually takes to get ready. It depends on the pitcher, but if I were to bet the reason why it happened exactly the way it took place is because Max Scherzer probably demanded it happened exactly the way it took place. You don't tell Max Scherzer what to do. He tells you what to do, when to do it, and when he's doing it. That's just the way the guy is, and I love him for it. But as for actual pitchers and what they're going to be doing, it depends on each guy. I'll tell you a story that I heard. I didn't see, but I heard that Johan Santana, back when he was pitching for the Mets, used to hire a guy to walk around with a full-on 1987 boombox and just blast music for five hours following him everywhere, including the spread room and the bathroom. What? But wait, is it, there's wait, stuff wait, that wait. happens with the how, shoulder, too, How does Cody too, just right? say that? Like, it's... He stopped there, too. He didn't even what? say anything like... <laughs> Explain. I'm curious about just the, the stuff that happens with getting the shoulder ready, especially at Max's age. And, like, does it make more sense 
if they were to just skip that start? It depends on what shape he's in. Max Scherzer is clearly in great shape. It depends what his program is. I don't actually don't know what his shoulder program currently is. He might be using crossover symmetry. He might be doing something as rudimentary as Jager bands. It could be a completely different program that I'm not even aware of. He's probably doing some sort of weighted ball program where he has to go through multiple different weighted ball programs and uh, sequences that he needs to put himself through, not to mention all the work that he's probably got to put in two hours in the training room, getting stretched, getting his elbow worked on, getting his shoulder worked on, and that's just on top of everything that he's probably doing in the weight room by himself, possibly just simple foam rolling, getting a Theragun, possibly using Normatec leg sleeves, whatever it takes to get blood flow in the particular areas he particularly needs. I simply don't know what his personal plan is. And then he would have to do it two days in a row, right? Yes, but that sounds a lot it sounds a lot more encompassing than it actually is. And when I say that, it takes a lot of time, but when we do these things as players, it's second nature. It's something we're used to doing daily and it's something we actually get excited and look forward to doing, especially if we're going to start a major league ball game. Cody, I know uh, you've probably been peppered with this question a ton, but I feel like every year with baseball it's just something. And this year, of course, it's the lack of hitting. It's a scoring drought. MLB teams this year have averaged four runs per they average four runs per game in April. That's the lowest average for a month since 1981. The league-wide batting average of 231 was the lowest through April in MLB history. Every year it's something with this baseball. Is there ever going to be a point where we can reach an agreement on 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 how to approach this game evenly, as close to even for both sides, offense and defense, and, and how annoyed have you been with how it's maybe impacting the game from a viewing perspective extremely annoyed by it but here's the thing the baseballs themselves i don't think this situation is ever going to be fixed or solved until somebody else steps in and takes the baseballs out of major league baseball's hands Mm -hmm. they're the only organization that actually owns the company that makes the ball they play with and that's not good And at the end of the day, I don't know what they're doing to the balls or why they are, but it almost always feels sinister. There's just like no way around it. It's dumb. I don't get it. And the fact that Major League Baseball doesn't just admit that they have done it, even though we have all the evidence in the world to show that they've done it, is making it's just basically making a creating their own controversy just for the hell of it. Um, it's dumb. I hate it. I, I, I don't know why we're still talking about it. It's because it's obviously still happening. But it's not just the baseballs. I mean, there's also the advent of certain training and a lot of different types. I mean, everybody in Major League Baseball is throwing 105 right now. The only thing that really sucks with the baseballs is since certain pitchers, like Chris Bassett said uh, two weeks ago, he's not getting any consistency, so he doesn't know where even his pitches are going. Mm. Yeah, and that's another question is how does that impact us from a betting perspective? How, how should we, if there's no consistency, how should we be able to handicap this? Fade the Reds. Always fade the Reds. Yeah. That's the that is the answer. Always fade the Reds and just always take the Mets on the uh, run line. I just feel like those are the two things. No matter what is going to pay out. We're sweating that but out yeah, right now. How do how do how do I, how do I get some how do we get consistency? I think it's just going to take more and more and more sample sizes. Uh, it's going to take Major League Baseball getting consistent with the baseballs themselves, and also it's getting hotter, so the balls might be flying a little bit better in the upcoming months. Who, who, Cody, between the Yankees, and we talked about this on the fan last weekend, between the Mets and the Yankees, who has built their roster better for a deep postseason run? And if you could give me some specifics, I'd love that. 
I personally think it's the Mets. Yeah. I, I really think this team offensively, as much as the Yankees are, a, are an absolute offensive juggernaut, I feel like that is the most injury-prone offensive juggernaut in Major League Baseball. And the reason I say that is because they get injured every single year. We miss 60 games of Giancarlo Stanton. We miss 70 games of Aaron Judge. And I hope this year is a change from that norm. But I feel like the, the Mets... Every injury leads to just another amazing ball player taking his place. That team has just got depth out the wazoo at the moment, both on the mound and offensively. And on the mound is the thing that really impressed me. I didn't realize how much depth they had until they started the season without DeGrom and Scherzer. We're joined now by our guy, Cody Decker, our Odyssey MLB insider on the Roman guest line. Cody, I want to ask you about the Milwaukee Brewers. So they opened up. Uh, minus 175 to win the NL Central. Now they're at, sitting at minus 300. Of course, that that division is just very trash right now. They're on a pace for 103 wins. Do you think this Brewers team can legit make some noise, or is it more a byproduct of maybe their schedule and the lack of uh, competency from teams like the Cardinals, Pirates, Cubs, and the Reds? NL Central is the worst division in Major League Baseball, and I think the Brewers are going to end up becoming a victim of their own dominance Mm. because, yeah, you're going to swipe a bunch of wins from the Pirates, the Cubs, and the uh, Reds. And, yeah, I think the Cardinals have a shot. I think they're currently sitting right around plus 275 as we currently stand. Uh, But I don't think they're better than the Brewers. The only thing that sucks about the Brewers is that their offense is borderline geriatric. I'm blown away with how old this team is offensively. And their big sign was Andrew McCutcheon this offseason. I love Andrew McCutcheon in 2015. (laughs) Cody, I wanted to ask you about the Twins really quickly as well. So they had a really good, strong first month of the season. They were 30 to 1. Uh, well, they sit at 30 to 1. They open at 50 to 1 in the World Series. What have you seen from this Twins team um, as they've finagled through month number one of the season as well? Byron Buxton is what I've been seeing. Mm. Uh, I know I know it's easy to look over at Carlos Correa, and we've heard about what Byron Buxton is going to be. This is the first month I've really seen that I'm like, no, he really is finally that guy. If he could stay out on the field healthy. This team is pitching well. They're running well. They're playing good baseball. I do think, however, they're going to be running into a buzzsaw in the Chicago White Sox, who I still think haven't even begun to start their dominance. 